This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We're back for another episode of the Oak Road Hatter podcast and with Euro 2020 now over, we're just three weeks away from the start of the season. You can finally start getting stuck into what is another very important season for Luton Town and on the call today, we have Stephen Day. How are you doing? Not too bad, mate. How are you? Not too bad. We've also got Dylan Bundia. How are you, pal? Brilliant, apart from the fact that I'm isolating, but it's all good. We'll get there, we'll get there. And we've got Jamie Castle. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm, I'm recovering from my, um, my um, forays up to Wembley the past week. But no, all good. Yeah, with, um, with England now out of the way, all attention now turns back to Luton. And today, what we're going to get stuck into is the pre-season friendlies. We're going to basically go through... The score lines, I know they're not massively important, but they give some sort of indication what we can learn from them. And also, we are going to look at the transfer window once more, speak about our latest sign in the Admiral and discuss all other Luton Town related business. And Jamie, I'll come to you first because you were at the Hitching game. So how did we look during that 90 minutes? Yeah, really good. Um, I, I know on, on the last pod I said that I was convinced we'd, we'd start with, with like a back three going into the season, but um, seems seems not the case. I think it, it's probably going to be a 4 3 3, so that was a surprise. Um, but no, two, two sides of 11, 45 each. It was good to see the new sign ins. I thought Alan Campbell, obviously, I only saw 45 minutes of him, but was really impressed with. With with him and and I think he, he suits us to a T with, with with that high press, um, and then good good to see CMG as well. So now uh, all good. And Stephen, we've we've now played three games. We've won seven nil against Hitchin. We've won four nil against Rochdale, and yesterday we won five nil against Bedford. So do you look into the results of pre season, or is it just completely about preparation for next season? Preparation. I I used to think about them. A fair amount, but I think when we're in non-league, 
we had we had pre seasons where we'd win almost every game. You know, sometimes without even scoring a goal wouldn't you know wouldn't mean anything going into the season. And then the season we we won uh, the conference, I think we had like a really bad pre season, and then we won won the conference. So I don't read anything into it really. It you know it's all just about getting players up to speed really. And going into going into that hitching game a bit further, Dylan, Jordan Clark scored four goals and we started to think, I know it was against Hitchin, but we started to think, can this can this guy sort of step up and be a, sort of the creative spark and a, a clinical finisher that we need to score more than 41 goals last year? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was nice to see, you know, again, you can't really read too much into into when you're when you're playing preseason against lower opposition but yeah you know he's he's someone that everyone saw how, how good he is technically and and his ability to to carve out chances in the final third and and you know what if he can add even more goals to his game um that would that will help us and and you know help him push on as well and, and really make his mark on the championship because he was good last season but you know as any creative player if, if they add goals to their game then you know they they take their their game and their impact to a, a completely new level. And Jamie, every update I heard last night was something about Mendes Gomez, and you've already alluded to how exciting he's going to be. But when you're hearing every little tweet coming from Luton's account about a player, surely that's something exciting. Oh, absolutely. And, and I wasn't at Bedford last night, but um, I, I guess they, they, what I would say is I think we need to give him time. I, I, I don't expect him to come in and bag 20 goals next season. I think I think it's a chance that he, that he can, but I think coming from League Two, young lads adapting to potentially a different style of play, I think we have to give him time to, to, to adapt to, to us. But in terms of his ability on the ball, I think there's no there's no questions whatsoever. Um, so really exciting about him and his future with us, I think in two, three, four years. And one key feature, uh, Dylan, has been Beckwith so far. I don't think, well, many of us would have expected him to have such a starring role in the pre-season so far. So do you actually see him being in and around the first team squad next year? Do you see a loan coming or what do you sort of expect in the near future? I mean, I haven't seen much of him. I remember I saw him. I think it was it was two years back in a in a preseason friendly at Bedford. Um, so he was obviously much younger then. Must have been sixteen or something. I mean, he looked he looked okay. I think maybe if I was taking a guess, it would probably be alone because the championship is a is a tough league. And I also, you know, I don't want to be negative or anything, but he's he's playing left back, which I understand isn't his natural position, and that also coincides with the fact that Amari Bell is is away on international duty. So, you know, I think it's great experience for him in terms of being around the first team environment and, and being involved in first team fixtures. Uh, again, I haven't seen much of him, but maybe perhaps the, the championship is a bit of a, is a big step. Um, but, you know, I hope he gets a good loan um, during the season, goes out, gets some, goes out and, and gets some really a real experience because he's obviously highly rated by, by the coaches at the club. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely exciting to see what exactly happens with him next season. And Stephen, the other week we were speaking about the battle that's going to be James Bree versus Peter Chioso. And James Bree seemed to have a brilliant game yesterday. He seems full of confidence, full of energy. 
And I know, again, this is coming from updates. We're not, we don't have anything coming through at the radio. We're not watching the games, but we're, we're restricted to listen to updates from the club and from various media people that are there. But seeing him speak with so much confidence, does that provide you a bit more hope that he can become as an attacking fullback as possible? Um, yeah, I mean, like the things that he's come out and said today, um, I read a little bit of it. And the fact that he's so confident in himself is, you know, I mean, whether or not he's going to live up to it, it's it can't be a bad thing in any sort of way. And I hope, I hope it, you know, obviously ends up being a, a brilliant thing because if he's if he's as good as what he's, you know, coming out and saying that he is, like for this season, we've, you know, we've we've now got some good attacking fullbacks. So, and if he's, you know, going to be a good championship fullback, then our defense is looking a considerable amount better, and our creative side as well is going to look a lot better because we know Jones loves his attacking fullbacks. So it. it you know, it's it's going to be brilliant if it's as good as what he's saying. And did you read anything into it, Stephen, yesterday about the certain players playing 60 minutes? Could you see that there's a pattern with some of the players that played 60 minutes or is it just something that Nathan Jones is trying out in his head, maybe outlining certain players work well together or, or other players uh, just need sort of the fitness? I think it's more of a fitness thing and just getting everyone up to speed, really. I, I don't really read into it. Like, with, with the results, I don't really read into pre-season much at all. Um, obviously, it's nice to see the players and, you know, it's it's quite nice to see someone like Jordan Clark score four goals and everyone raving about Alan Campbell against Hitchens. So, like, it, it gives some pointers, but also I'm not going to stress too much about it. Even, even with the first few games of the season, I don't stress too much about it because I know that things are going to change quickly. They always do. And it was, wasn't was just Beckwith, Dylan, that got a bit of game time. James Horlick yesterday got, um, he got 30 minutes, didn't he? He got the yeah. last 30 minutes. Yeah. So as you sort of said before, how important is it for these youngsters to be in and around a first team environment, even if it doesn't ultimately end up with a lone sort of spell in the future? Yeah, no, it's, it's really important. And, you know, the, the club right now is, with the youth setup is going through a, a bit of a, a an important transition because we, we progress so quickly up the leagues that uh, a lot of the youth players playing in the under 18s without the the under 21s or under 23 squad whatever you want to call it um being available to them that that bridge between the youth level and first team level is, has been damaged and, and a lot of these players now are are having to play catch up and it's very difficult for them so um you know any experience around the the first team environment is brilliant and i really hope that you know they can get get a good loan somewhere and and get into a, a first team environment because uh, you know as nj always says it's the most important thing for for young players and jamie joe morell got 30 minutes yesterday which was quite good for us to see he didn't get as much game time as he would have expected last year it's led to a bit of speculation here and there so do you think this is probably touching a bit on to what we're going to come on to about the transfer sort of all that business but do you see Morel having a future at Luton is he sort of here now working towards being a Luton player or just adding a bit of value to him and, and basically preparing him for a move no I, I think he'll stay and I think he'll be a big player for us um 
I, I know there's a lot was said about Nathan James comparing him to, to sort of Glenn Ray in terms of it, it's Ray or Moreau as, as that sort of base, that base of midfield. But then he's come out again recently saying that, oh, it was him or Pelly or Keenan. So I think he was maybe brought in as that defensive midfielder. Nathan thought actually maybe he's not that great as a single pivot. So maybe let's play him in the two. So I think he'll probably be playing further forward. But then when, you, when you've got Pelly and Dewsbury Hall that were playing so well together, he, he can't really get a look in. And I think maybe there was a few question marks as to why wasn't he on the bench and then brought on more often. But I think stuff happens. I don't think you can read too much into it. Um, now now Kiernan's likely to not come back because he seems like he's going to get a good shot at Leicester. Seems like Pelly's gone. I think... Yeah, I think Morel will be a, a big player for us next season, especially when you've got someone like Campbell alongside him who, who will work and work and work. Um, a, a brain like, like Lansbury who might play alongside or may, may play behind or in front. I think as the players that we brought in now, I think, will play well around Joe Morel. Um, so I, I can only see good things for next season. Yeah, yeah. Especially talking about that sort of central midfield area, I think we've Definitely got plenty of options to look forward to next season. And one one player that was missing from yesterday, and I don't know if it's been in the media, it must have missed me if it has been, is about Reese Burke and, and where he was yesterday and if he's got a little injury. So I'm opening this up to the floor. Does anybody have a clue with Reese Burke? Or was that just maybe something about trying out other options that haven't had as much training or... Is that just pure speculation? No, I mean, you know, I think I haven't read anything personally. I don't know if anyone else has, but it's pre-season. You're going to have little niggles. And, and the other one as well that I noticed was Luke Berry wasn't anywhere near um, the squad. But um, I, I don't remember him being there either for the for the Hitchin game. So I'm, I'm not sure I what's going on there. there. Maybe there's a move in the pipeline. Who knows? Um I really, I hope there isn't because I, I really, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Barry. I think he's, he's got it. He's got what it takes at championship level. But, but who knows? Um, I'm sure Burke is just a, just a knock or something. Because I did see something with, with Luke Barry the other week. I think it came from the club's Instagram account. He was, he was on um, some sort of bike, and it's had some indications that he was going through a bit of rehabilitation. So I don't know if he picked up something in the latter stages of the season, maybe early pre-season and sort of been something that's niggling away at him and has probably halted his pre-season. I think that that could be the case with him. But again, that's, yeah. I, I could be making up. I don't remember that fully. But Stephen, we'll go on to Lockyer because he was back yesterday and what I read, he made a few runs down the right flank as we've seen quite a lot he sort of likes to operate as a right back when given the chance so how important how important will he be for next year both from a defensive point of view and as we've seen before from an attacking point of view hopefully very important um that's the same about any player in the squad we we hope that they're going to be important because if they're being important that means they're playing well um I mean, if he's if he's making attacking runs, then you know, Sheffield United got promoted with uh, attacking centre backs. Why can't we? I like that answer. I do like that answer. 
And we'll go on now to the transfer market because I know it could seem like we're doing this every week now, but everything changes so quickly. There's rumours that emerge out of nowhere. There's, like we've seen today, an incoming. So, Dylan, I'll start with you. And it's only right to start with the Admiral. You said that you're looking forward to writing something up about him. So give us your verdict. Well, I first watched him when I was looking at Onya Dimmer at Wickham. And uh, he, well, he joined Wickham on loan in, in January, made his debut at the end of January. And he is someone who he's, he's a late developer. He's 22. And before he joined Wickham on loan, he, he played 13 times. He'd only played five games in League Two for Swindon. So the first thing there is there's a lot of untapped potential because you give that guy more minutes and he'll just keep getting better. And I think what, what really, when I, from what I've seen of him, what really strikes me about him is his intelligence and, and his composure on the, in possession especially. Um, he's a very athletic player and, and he can do all of those things and he fits our game model in terms of being able to win first balls, second balls, when we go direct and, and he wins duels and, and he can physically and, and mentally cope with that. But, but what he also has that maybe others don't, the likes of Anya Dinmer and Kornick, is, is that intelligence to drop into the pocket and receive into feet and, and turn and play and drive forwards like that. And when you have a striker who can do both of those things, he can run into the channels with athleticism and pace, but then also drop in as well and receive and turn as a centre-back that causes a lot of problems for a centre-back individually, but also for a, for a system. So he's someone with a, with a lot of untapped potential, um, potential that I, I really hope we can, we can tap into because what, from what he showed in, in the short space of time that he was at, he was at Wickham is he, he is someone who is a real all-rounder and, and if given the right guidance and moulded in the right way, he can become a really, really, really good championship player. So, you know, smart business. And to be honest, he's not very well known in terms of all our signings. He's probably the least well known, um, but he's probably the one that I'm most excited about in the long run. With Jamie saying there, when he went to Hitch and sort of were playing four three three, I think yesterday was another indication that we are opting to go for a four three three in this preseason. Does that mean that he might not? play in a striking role straight away. He might be used as sort of a plan B. He might also have to get used to operating maybe on the right flank or the left flank. Or do you see him as the vocal point, as, as the striker that we're, we're needing? Does he, will he compete with Adebayo for a starting spot if we go to a 4-3-3? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, he, can, he can naturally play wide as well in the right role. You want him. You want him close to to a centre forward. You don't want him too wide, um, because what he's great at is working off a centre forward. So at Wickham, he was working off um, the the absolute monster Uche Priezu, and they had a really really good partnership because, you know, he would he would make runs off Priezu. He would come short when Priezu went in behind. The other thing that I noticed was um, a player like Priezu, who's also like Adebayo in terms of a target in the box. You want them at the back post. You want them ready for that diagonal all the time. And what he was very good at was making those runs across the front post to just drag defenders away. So that's a good fit as well in terms of how he can 
work with with Adebayo. He's also natural as well as a number ten because he's he's very natural in that pocket of space um, coming short to receive. So I think the big thing with him is variation. You know, he's got a lot of different things that he's very good at, and and that's what's really exciting. And Jamie, with with Musquet coming in, and perhaps opening up that possibility of playing two up front again. Does that again open up the possibility of playing three at the back? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think like there's no way that we go in and play four, three, three, four to six times a season. It's like, it's just not going to happen. Um, and, and not only four or six times, but in games, we will probably start with a four, with a four, three, three. Maybe if we're one lap away from home, then we'll go to a back three. I think, Nathan Jones part two is so, so much more a, a sort of a wiser manager than, 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 than what part one Nathan Jones was. I think that that, that move to Stoke, obviously we, we don't like talking about it, but I think we've got a, a better Nathan Jones. Um, so we've got players, I mean, you're, you're looking at the likes of Anya Dimmer, yeah, okay, maybe most of the times he'll play on the left side of, of a 4-3-3, but he might play five, ten games at left wing back in, in, in the back five. So I think the players that we've signed, okay, they're strong in, in one position. I think we've also signed players that that can play in in, in two, three, four positions. So that yeah, we, we we will definitely play a back three this season. That's for sure. And Stephen, another big talking point is Lachabella. What are your thoughts on him, and could he be the new KDH? I mean, to be fair, I don't really know much about him. I've not looked so much into him as well as a footballer. Like, it's, it's, it's not, it wasn't news to me. Obviously, I think we all saw the uh, rumours in the photo that was put on social media by, I think it was, I can't remember who it was, actually. Carlos. But, um, sorry? It was Carlos, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. I mean, I obviously there's there's hopes that he'll be the next KDH, but he's you know he's only on trial at the moment, really. So, sort of the thing we just got to wait and see really what happens. Yeah, and as a as a player, did you go to look? Well, as a as a fan, sorry, did you go and look to see how he played? Did you watch any YouTube videos? Did you sort of see what he comes in to bring? Is there anything? I've not actually, I've not actually seen anything really. I, I didn't. I think I looked up who he was because obviously there was that, you know, is that him? Is that not him? I had a look and um, I didn't really see much about him. Um, I didn't really go into it too deep either. So it's just sort of thing like waiting and seeing. But being as he's on trial, I'm not going to again read too deep into it. Yeah, yeah, well, it's definitely one to keep our eye on because the fact that he's now played 60 minutes in another friendly, I think, shows that he's definitely one that we're keeping on our radar, our links with Leicester now, and and also the fact that Kian and Jusby Hall was so successful, I think that sort of develops that relationship even further. So going on, on to... What, sorry, I was going to say, on... Sorry, on um, on KDH, I've I've seen on Twitter in like the last half hour that apparently Coutinho is going to Leicester. So, <laughs> you know, no if chance. that happens, you never know with KDH. You never know. <laughs> that Stop is the dreaming. one thing. That is the one thing I'm hoping for. I'm looking at sort of their incomings. I'm looking to see that 25 man squad, and they do have a lot of talent. 
Leicester have got a lot of talent already at central midfield. There's rumours with Tielemans going, which would be a big blow to us in our chances of, um, of KDH. But I also did see a video of Jewsbury Hall in Leicester in a Leicester training session and he was just looked like an absolute machine. He was doing some sort of running test and he was just, he looked unstoppable. He was looked unbeatable and this is amongst Premier League players. So he's definitely somebody that I'm glad, glad to have seen play in a Luton shirt, maybe not in person, but yeah, I think I personally think we're waving that one goodbye. And Jamie, one name we've been constantly linked with, I don't know how true the rumours have been, but it's Joe Piggott. And are you glad that we avoided that deal? Yeah, I am, um, personally. I, I just, uh, as much as he was linked to, to championship sides, I think there's a reason why he, he went to League One Ipswich, personally. Um, I mean, from, from obviously I've not seen Miss Gray play at all, but from what, what, what I've heard from Dylan and stuff, like he seems more of a loot in signing than, than Joe Piggott. Would it would would ever be? Um, I, I don't know how old Joe Pickett is. Twenty seven is he? Twenty six, twenty seven. So he's still a decent age. But to get Miss Gray, who's turned turns twenty three next month, who just seems like that raw, athletic, which is obviously a, a word that that, that that we're we're hearing a lot this summer. I think is so much more loot and signing than 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 Joe Pickett. And with Joe Pickett as well, I know he's he scored twenty goals in a struggling. League One side, but he he operates quite similar to what I expect Jerome and Adebayo to play next season. He sort of he wasn't the most imposing player, but he he likes to hold the ball up. He he doesn't really go in behind. And I think if we had three players that tend to base their game that base their style basically off base uh, the holding up possession, bringing others into play, I I think that would have been a bit of a problem. Yeah, and I think the, the difference for us now is that I, I, I almost compare Piggott to like Stockley. I think Piggott probably is ceiling as a top 10 champ side is probably his ceiling in terms of where he, we, he can get to. Whereas it, it sort of st- seems strange to, 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 to think like this, but we're now recruiting f- f- like for the top flight. Like there's no two ways about it. Like, okay, we might not reach, reach the top flight for three or four years, but it gets to the point where we need to try and get a player f- 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 for that league. Like Nathan has spoken so, so so many times about recruiting for the championship in league two, and he's now recruiting for, for, for the Premier League where we are now. And and I don't see Piggott being the sort of, sort of player that can step up to, to that level at all. You got some big smiles when you said recruiting for the Premier League there. I think each one of us grinned. <laughs> yes. It's happening. This dream that when we were when we were a non-league side, it just wouldn't have seemed true at all. But we're actually starting to believe that we could be a Premier League side in the near future, and who knows when that might be. And Stephen, I'm going to come to you about this one because we all know how much you love Pelly Ruddock, and it today emerged in the Lancashire Telegraph that Pelly has been linked with a move to Turkish club Hatia Sport. Surely that's not something that's going to happen. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> it, it does seem unlikely, but I don't know if they're, you know, can offer more money than what we can really or what we're realistically going to offer. Um, 
And if they're, you know, if he's getting more money, then fair play to him. I mean, I mean, you know, if, if any other club in the championship comes in for him, I'm sure they'd probably offer him probably a little bit more money than what we can. But I'd like I'd like to think that he's not gonna go. I'm still holding on to the hope that he won't go. I'm thinking, you know, maybe he's just talking to clubs as options, trying to, you know, maybe possibly drum up something like more from the club, but it doesn't seem like a sort of pelly erotic thing to do. But at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me if his ego has got quite large as well. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but, you know, he I think he loves the fact that we all say that he only scores bangers. So he loves how much of a, you know, sort of God he seems at our club. And I, I love it. But at the same time, I can see why he might be able to think that he might be able to get more money as well. So, but I'm holding on to the hope that he won't go. And I'd like to think that if he did go, he wouldn't go to a club, you know, elsewhere in Europe or around the world. I'd like to see him in the Championship or Premier League, you know. Is that purely on the basis of you loving Pelly or... Because, oh, yeah. I just, I just love to see him. I'd love to see him play, even if it's against us. Just carry on watching him because I just love him. Uh, he's guaranteed for to me, score he's guaranteed to score against if he stays in the championship we've seen it with Jack Marriott we've seen it in I'll, and I'll be I'll be the one standing up and there. clapping him if he does <laughs> <laughs> I'll get an away ticket just for the match no fuck that apologies about the language but you know that's all right we don't, we don't put it on YouTube anymore so we don't have to uh, tick the this is made for under 18 so we're all right we're we're all right to get away with that yeah, no, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be upset to see him go, but if he does go, then it's not the end of the world. The club will carry on. We all resigned to thinking he's gone then. Dylan, I'll come to you. Do you think he's, do you think he's gone? Yeah, I think so. I mean, three weeks of pre-season. I know that it happened with, with Kazenga where he, he missed pre-season and then came back. But I think, yeah, I think, you know, if, if negotiations have gone on for this long and, and as Nathan Jones said, we, we offered him a contract back in April and it still hasn't been signed. And, and you could just sense from, from NJ's press conference where, you know, he was a little, there was a little bit of frustration there where he said, you know, we've, we've given them all this respect and time and you have to respect that. But, you know, there comes a point where a decision has to be made. You know, I feel like because of the way we're recruiting and also the pro I haven't watched much of Leshabala, but um from the clips that I've seen, you know, he seems like that real athletic option. Um, the kind of thing that we'll we'll miss if if Pelly does go. So um unfortunately, yeah, he's probably gone. But uh, as um uh, as Stephen said, you know, we 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 move on and and we keep pushing on because we're we're strong right now. We're in a, we're in a good place. Yeah, exactly that. And Jamie, you're in the same position that you you resigned to him leaving, or you've got a little bit. Yeah, of... yeah, yeah. I think so. I, I, I love him, but I think he's gone. I, I think I, I, I was resigned to it last night, seeing a photo of of Leshabella wearing the, the seventeen shirt. I think I, I think that that sealed the deal for me. Um, but I I think I have to disagree with Stephen though. Get him to Turkey. Get him out of the championship. I do not want to face him. Like I just I would not cope seeing him at the Kenny or, or, or on the opposite side. Just no. Just oh yeah, no. It would hurt. Him. It would hurt seeing him in a different shirt. It would. It would hurt a lot. But 
it's more of the fact that like, I just think it'd be fun to watch him at another club. But I don't think, you know, the rumoured clubs that he's possibly joining, you know, Middlesbrough and someone else, like, it wouldn't suit him. That's the thing. That's the way I, I see it. I think for me, it would be like breaking up with your girlfriend and then and then her going out with your neighbour. Like, you're seeing it all the time. Like, I just, 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 I just can't, I just can't, I can't cope with that shit. That's fair enough. And uh, Stephen, I sort of understand what you mean in the respect that if he does go, is that the last we hear of his progression? If he does go to Turkey, we're not really seeing anyone. But then I do, I do get what Jamie and Dylan are saying in the fact that, yes, if he does turn up to Kenworth Road, scores a goal and points at his watch or whatever, does, <laughs> does something to do that, it would just be so frustrating and Seen with Andre Gray, we thought we were thought we were right with Andre Gray until we turned up and started acting like a knob. But then, Jamie, we'll go on to the potential signing of Lesha Bella because it could happen, it might not. It's a trial period. We never know what's going to happen with these kind of things. But if he does join, that takes the squad up to 27, I think. And with Jones seemingly looking for maybe one or two more after that, who could you see sort of missing out on that 25-man squad? I think Hilton, love him, cult hero, just can't see him getting in above Eli, Jerome, Miskway. The option of playing Cornet through the middle, Lee, if he stayed, because he started really well. So I can't see Hilton getting any games. I think Dion Pereira might get a loan to sort of like top half league one. Um, I think that that would do him the world of good, so potentially him. Um, and then I, I know Dylan loves Luke Berry, so do I. But I, I just don't know. I think if if we were to get in Leshebella, then we've got we've got Morel, we've got Jordan Clark, Campbell. I think our midfield is is so stacked that I just can't see Luke Berry getting more than five or ten games. And I I, I, I want more for him than just getting five or ten games for Luton Town. I, I think he. He, he, he could quite easily do an Elliot Lee from last season, go, go, into, go into like an Oxford type club and, and we'll, we'll, we'll rip League One apart. So I think those three are probably three that might might miss out of the 26. Do you agree with that, Stephen, that that three there? Or would you chuck any more names into, into the hat? No, I pretty much agree with that. Nothing to really change there. And I guess, Dylan, you'll, you'll take Berry back out of that and you'll chuck another name in there. Yeah, I mean, my, I just think Luke Berry does a lot of things that go unnoticed that are really good. Now, obviously, you know, as Jamie said, we're pretty stacked in, in the centre and midfield, but I can't, personally, I don't see Elliot Lee being here because um, that kind of inside left position is quite saturated at the minute with um, Mendes Gomez, with Anya Dinmer, with Musquay, with Clark. So I think, I think Lee will go, Hilton will go. Yeah, you know, you, you guys are probably thinking a bit more logically than me. Um, in terms of Berry, but I'd love to see him stay. But um, yeah, he, he probably will go um, as well, especially if Lesha Bala comes in. I, I guess what I would say on, on on Elliot Lee is that against Hitchin, he played in that sort of number eight role or, or sort of quasi number 10. So I I think he, if he was to stay, I think he would do quite well in that role. He absolutely wouldn't play wide left or through the middle. But I think in the midfield three is that more advanced centre mid, he could do really well. And Dylan, I'll come to you with this this last one. And 
if Nathan Jones is thinking about signing any more players, I'm, I'm at a point where I'm starting to think, where do we actually need to strengthen? But who would you look to add? Is there anybody at the moment that is catching your eye? Anybody that we've potentially been linked with earlier in the window that we could make a move for? Well, I'm, I'm no scout or anything, so I don't know. But um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I mean, just looking at the squad, uh, unless we we lose someone for you know some the top championship club comes in to to get somebody, um, I, I really, I, I know you know I know he wants to get more players in, and, and whenever in the past I've thought, now nah, we're done, we we don't need anyone else. We've always brought someone in who then goes on to have a a big role. So you know, who knows? Um, I, I can't see any significant gaps in the squad at the minute um so you know I, I i really don't know i think you know as you mentioned earlier there's 27 players on the books or something like that so i think definitely at first you've got to look to offload a few because that's a little bit hefty probably four or five too many what are your thoughts at goalkeeper did because obviously we've got slugs who's number one but he's, he's only got a year left then we've got shay number two and we and we've not got number three so do you think we could Strengthen there, or yeah, you know what, maybe. number three, number three goalkeeper. Yeah, I think with Sluger, there's, you know, when we spent the amount of money that we did on him on a three-year contract, we would have had a plan. And you know what, I wouldn't be surprised. We've already offered, we've already opened talks with him because there's no way that we can allow our club record signing to to go on a free. And and this kind of links into the next step of what we're doing. You know, we're we're, we're having a great time with all these new signings, and we're and we're really excited as we should be. But, you know, this is only a tiny step. You know, now it's about succession planning. If players do improve and, and surpass where we are, it's about handling these players' contracts so that when they do really make the step up, can we hold on to them, make sure that we get that we get the money back that we invested and more so we can reinvest it. So, you know, we're, we're super excited about this window and, and how we're recruiting, but recruitment isn't just recruiting players. It's, it's long-term planning about how do we move forward in the long run you know, whilst maybe accepting a little bit that we're a stepping stone club, which, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with. And it, I think with that as well, we got we got to hope that NJ opens up that presentation to maybe, because he wouldn't have done it with Sluger, would he? Because that was a Graham Jones signing. So he'll probably have to open up presentations again and, and put on a show for him. I think that's the next step in what we need to do as a football club. Absolutely. And on that note, I want to thank you all for listening. Now that the Euros have finished, I think we're going to try and bring out as many episodes as possible. As as, as we say, we want to try and bring an episode out every week. Um, make sure to check out our Twitter, which is at Oak Road Hatter. And make sure to also check out our website, which is oakroadhatter.com. Also, a big thank you to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech for today's music. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.